0: Welcome back to the WYDK Pod on Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. On the WYDK Pod, we talk about things you may know some of, but not all of, or maybe all of it, or maybe none of. I'm Sean Roman, recording the podcast from a whole new region of the U.S., not like new to the U.S., but like I've never recorded the podcast here. I'm currently in the Northeast, in the wonderful state of Vermont the Green Mountain states. Uh, It's a beautiful time to be up here. The leaves are changing. It's not snowing or negative 20 degrees yet, but I did see snow up on a mountain yesterday. Very few COVID cases, pretty safe out here. It's just a beautiful state. I love coming up here. It's one of my favorite places to go uh, because of the environment, because of how pretty it is, but also uh, because I have a lot of friends up here, one of which is joining me on the podcast as a special guest today, a (laughs) Taurus. A mountain woman, buff queen, gamer girl, bronze medalist at the very competitive Pole Sport Org Northeast Pole Dancing Competition in Boston, Massachusetts, recently engaged, a photographer's (laughs) eye. Welcome to the show, Madison McMahon.
1: Um, Thank you so much for having me. I have listened to this podcast, so I feel partially... Like, it's part of my home. I also made the, the cover design yes, for it. Yes, so. I forgot.
0: We should mention that. that <laughs> you made the logo for the podcast for me. Yes. And you have made other logos for me in when I was working in radio and stuff. Yeah. You're like my go-to logo woman.
1: And friend. friend, and
0: friend, yes. <laughs> we have been friends for a lot of time. <laughs> a like, long time. Like
1: five years. Five years. Yeah.
0: Um, and we met playing video games video games
1: the the classic
0: yes as uh is very common in 21st century you all live up in vermont and i live you know at the time i was living in maryland Mm -hmm. in the mid-atlantic region and then one year uh, i just decided to come up and visit you guys
1: yeah we hosted you that year it was great yes and old apartment too (laughs) yeah
0: you're it was uh, smaller it was
1: like 400 square feet yeah it was,
0: it was cramped but we had a good time and um, I've been coming back every year since usually I come up in May mm-hmm. but I didn't this year because of uh coronavirus but now I feel like it had dropped off at least a little bit where I could come up here and it's very safe you guys have like the lowest cases in the country we do here.
1: yeah we've been really good with uh with cases so far I mean I think total we're at like 1,200 for like the entirety of COVID, Yeah. which is really crazy because like that's sometimes like how many cases like states get in a day. Um, you know, so we're really lucky to be here. Also, we have very, very, very like low population. So yeah, that helps.
0: It's like less than a million people or, or something.
1: 600,000, yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's uh, less than, than Delaware and, and you are a bigger state than Delaware. Mm-hmm. So um yeah you guys all have I mean I saw a vending machine that had masks and hand sanitizer (laughs) in it and I have not never seen that anywhere yeah
1: so uh Church Street was one of the first places that was like you have to wear like a mask like on Church Street which is an outdoor shopping area and um apparently they put a vending machine with masks hand sanitizers you know stuff like that and uh we forgot a mask you know as one does so my fiance Robbie bought a mask for a dollar you know pretty pretty crazy if you had asked me last year like hey next year you're gonna be buying a mask from a vending machine for a dollar like i would not have said yes
0: so let's let's talk about um you just got engaged
1: yeah yes i uh, did to
0: a very good friend of mine and someone who listens to this podcast robbie
1: robbie yes (laughs) and
0: you guys have been dating for
1: five years five years
0: See, I'm not, um, I've been dating my partner for almost eight years, but we're not engaged. Like, is there anything that feels, I mean, obviously you're planning the wedding. Yeah, which is is hard. Is there anything that like about the relationship that feels different from taking the step of of being engaged? Like, did you wake up the next day and like anything feel different at all?
1: You know... In part of, like, wedding shopping, a lot of people will be very, like, intrusive and be like, so how did you meet? How did he ask you? Like, what's your day? And I really, like, have realized that I hate that. Like, normally, before, we'd just been together. Like, people are just like, okay, cool, your boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, that is such a strange standard term. But now, like, oh, it's my fiance. People are like, Oh my gosh! How did you meet? Like, tell me hmm. everything about you. Like, what you are know, your wedding colors? Like, oh my god! And I,
0: I feel like that's going to be very similar to like, if you get pregnant, yeah. Like people like, just come up and like grab,
1: yeah. People the like touch your belly, again, yeah. Ask when you're gonna put have the your baby yeah. out,
0: you know? So like, when
1: are you due? How big is he? What's he measuring? It like, is
0: very intrusive, and that's like something that men don't have to deal with like at all. Absolutely, it's the only thing that I like. If I'm talking to usually someone who's older, like my grandparents age, and I tell them that I've been with Tara for almost eight years, they're like shocked and like, why aren't you married? Like, when, yeah. are, when are you popping the question? Like, whatever. Um, That's like the only thing that that's similar to me, but it, it still like doesn't feel as intrusive, especially with the pregnancy thing. I think that's so weird. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, I mean, I feel like women acknowledge the pregnancy thing more. I feel like men don't like if I'm like ever with a pregnant woman, that's someone that I don't know. I never even acknowledge that she's pregnant other than like maybe giving up a seat for her to sit in or something if she's like very pregnant. Um, But yeah, that, that stuff has always sort of weirded me out a lot.
1: No, the biggest thing. So I work in the, the wedding industry. I also do, you know, maternity photo shoots, stuff like that. So I see, I see a pretty wide scale of this and like, i feel like the intrusion really happens like once the baby is born as well people will be like oh come over i want to hold your baby and i think that's like so weird like i want to hold this i want to smell
0: your baby yeah
1: like like people beg basically for babies it's so weird yeah and i i mean i get it like you want to like know what a baby's like before you have one but like I'm not like, hey, Sean, pop a baby out so that I yeah. can like hold it I know. and That's decide really if weird. I want to make a life decision like that, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. So something that uh, we're going to be talking about on, on the, well, the topic for today's show is uh, sort of hookup culture. This was actually your idea originally, yeah. or hoe culture specifically, but I sort of branched it out into the hookup culture that we live in today. And I think you're an interesting guest for this because um, I did mention During your intro, is that you uh, you competed in a in a pole dancing competition, and you you do pole dancing? I guess would you say it as a hobby?
1: Yeah, you know, I really like the aspect of, like, the fitness of pole dancing as well. You know, a lot of people will call it, like, pole fitness, um, which is a... So they
0: don't use the term dancing.
1: Yeah, it really depends. Um, You know, we're not stripping. That is, like, a Uh a frowned-upon thing to say. Like, oh, you're a stripper? Like, no. A stripper is is a job, right? So, like, this is the aspect of, like learning how to move around the pole, like pole moves are very technically difficult. So like that is the the fitness aspect of it. Like, can you jump up? Can you do like a turn? Can you, you know, invert? That's when you go upside down, Um, you know, so there's a lot to it.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to to talk about the divide because obviously uh, when people think of um, the pole, they think of like automatically like the the strip club, the like er the eroticism part of it and obviously what you do is is not that um like do you feel like when you when you tell people that you are like you do do the pole fitness or whatever like do you feel like it's almost like got like a negative connotation to it or do you feel like people are, are more accepting of it than you would think
1: Yeah, no. So I first started pole dancing like four years ago. I was just barely I might might maybe three. I was just barely like 19. Right. So I decided I saw like a bunch of things. There's only one pole dancing studio in Vermont. Um, So I went to there and I was like, hey, I'm a baby. Please help me. I want to dance and you know they were like oh they welcomed me with open arms i knew absolutely nothing and i was so scared to tell people like i thought people were going to be like you're a stripper like yeah so i started to realize that there's this different culture and i started like you know taking videos and like doing that sort of like documenting that stuff and basically i was like i should make an instagram right Mm -hmm. i'm going to retrace my thought back to going to (laughs) Going to class and they're very open and welcoming because okay. then you have more places to splice it. Okay. Okay, you're welcome. I know whenever, that. Whenever I know. you're ready. <laughs> yeah. So basically, when I went to class, I saw people taking all these photos and videos, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make an Instagram, and that was kind of the turning point for me. Was like publicly. Putting this stuff out like on Instagram for people. And, you know, I know like there's a lot of like, you know, I kept my friends pretty out of the loop for a little while. Um, and then I decided that it really wasn't like sexy and that I should just go for it. So I started posting whatever, like dance videos. Um, I even started doing a little bit of a fitness thing. So, you know, I've got like a little bit of a combo of both. And then I decided to compete in Boston. And that was really the, the turning point for me. Like, I asked my friends, you know, for song suggestions. I, you know, some of my friends are dancers. So I asked yeah. for their opinions. Um, and then I made my costume and I went and I competed. My fiance came with me. It was a crazy day. And once I did that, I basically had to tell people. I was bragging. I was like, look at what I did.
0: You got, the bro- you got the bronze. Yeah,
1: I got the bronze. I got the medal. It's, like an,
0: it's an actual medal. It's an That's actual
1: cool. medal. Yeah.
0: And obviously... Um, that was last year, right? You did that?
1: Yeah, it was November.
0: So, I because of COVID, I'm sure all those competitions have have shut down. Yeah. And you told me like one of the the um, I remember you telling me one of the things you like about pole dancing the most was like the community aspect of it. And obviously, you're not having that right now because everything is is shut down. So, I, I'm sure that it's been kind of. T- are you still doing it as much? Are you?
1: Yeah. So, um, gyms have reopened in Vermont, but the pole studio has not. Basically, all of the poles are about, you know, eight feet apart from each other. And it's just not enough space. Everyone's touching the same pole. You know, Mm -hmm. we always use cleaner like no matter what pre-COVID because you want that pole to be clean so that it can you have good contact on the pole. Right. Um, But my my teacher just decided too difficult. So she did not reopen. So we've all been just kind of like waving to each other on Instagram, like sadly, like I'm lucky that I had a pole in my house that I could keep, you know, doing stuff with. Um, yeah, but it's right behind you right now. It's right behind me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the pole says hi. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, before it was in a separate room during the peak of COVID, like before our roommate moved in, um, in the house that I own, <laughs> I had a little pole studio. It was very cute. Um, but I did give that up and now it's in the living room, which yeah. makes it obviously harder. But, you know, and I do, I leave it up and people come over and they're like, you have a pole? yeah
0: I feel like people kind of kind of look at it at it weird, yeah and um and it's because they think of like the stripper thing,
1: yeah, it's so I actually made a documentary for class. Uh, it's called the Breaking Stigma and it was basically I interviewed all my professors, my friends, everything about like how they felt about pole dancing kind of in this sense. so I feel like it's very. It's come a long way, um, but it's still looked at as yeah, very sexy. I
0: I do feel like it's it's people are sort of having um, this aw- awakening about it, but I don't I don't know like I think that people will always inherently think that it's a little sexy.
1: Absolutely, like literally, kid, Not to sound weird, but like even kids like pretend like on gyms, like like when they've got like those fire poles, kids are like, oh, it's a stripper pole, yeah. you know? It's just built like into our society yeah, that it's, like it's in the media and, mm-hmm. and
0: everything but like what's the what's the view on like uh people who do the pole fitness towards strippers or like do they have do they look down upon no, them no or?
1: you know we actually so we don't have i think there might be one strip club in vermont i'm not 100 percent sure but like normally stripping is very different from pole dancing technically um you know, and, God forbid, one of your listeners is a pole dancer or a stripper and is like, what is this girl talking about? But basically, when you are dancing for someone as like a stripper, you basically are going to be very like low to the ground. You're wearing your pleasers, those heels, you have different outfits on. But when you go to class, we're talking more technical. We're talking about how to do a proper invert or an aerial. And normally, you know, The strippers will tend to learn those things on their own. Um, Yeah,
0: they don't have a a structured of a learning environment.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and so a lot of times people won't do that many tricks that are like muscle dependent. They'll try to do tricks that are just flashy Mm -hmm. because they want you know good tips. Um, So we've had a few people come in who have worked in that industry before, and they just want to learn technical like things they're like tell me how to invert properly so i don't fall off the pole you know like yeah that's it ruins your it day be very dangerous it, yeah i have have bunked my head like you know it's fleshed on flesh so i get lots of bruises like crazy 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 bru- bruises you know i mean it's it's dangerous usually we go to class because we have a teacher who can spot us and help us and teach us how to do this without hurting ourselves which is very important so
0: Mhm. so um We're going to move into the topic for today. Perfect. We're going to be talking about um, hookup culture. And I feel like it's something that our generation has sort of grown up with our whole lives almost. I mean, at least since we've become sexually mature or whatever. Um, Because it sort of came about at the same time as the information age that we live in (laughs) now. Um, So growing up with, with computers and all that stuff. And I don't think you really... Because you've been dating Robbie for, like, five years. You weren't ever, like, on Tinder or anything, Yeah, right?
1: you know, I never was on Tinder per se. Uh, but I did do a lot of, like, you know, relationships through online. Like, you know, Snapchat, meeting friends through different people, you know. Yeah. But I never, like, specifically made a Tinder account. But I have uh-huh. seen it before. Well,
0: it's definitely gotten more popular um in the last five years. But it's sort yeah. of totally changed how most um young people approach relationships absolutely and i feel like it's it's gotten even more significant because like we're i guess
1: in the pandemic you mean
0: yeah during the pandemic but also like generationally like i'm a millennial i guess you're probably like late millennial early gen z i don't know um i think especially for the gen z people it's going to be even even more significant because they already don't like socializing in a a lot of different ways absolutely Um, yeah but during the pandemic with everybody going in I think people were just bored yeah so you you have a, a bunch of people sort of joining this environment too and it's almost always predominantly young people but it's weird because like if you if you match with someone like are you supposed supposed to go on like a socially distanced socially distance state, date, yeah and like people aren't gonna do that you know what i mean no they're not and um, you know
1: that there's no way you can social distance when they do other things <laughs> yeah when they do other things exactly like kiss duh. Kiss, yeah
0: <laughs> well i was i think i was telling you when i was when i was researching this that uh new york city released like these this uh dating guidelines <laughs> for covid and it was like wear a mask when you have intercourse you can do penetration, but no kissing, <laughs> and it's just like such a weird thing to think about in your head—is like two people wearing masks having sex, not kissing each other at all. No, that is <laughs> penetration.
1: Honestly, that's that's gonna be like the COVID kink, you know?
0: <laughs> Mask kink.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's different, but it's yeah. like latex masks with eye holes. I
0: feel like that would make your skin break out really bad
1: well the masks already are doing that so, yeah that's you know. true
0: that's true i've been pretty fortunate that that hasn't happened to me much but it but definitely you the beard yeah well i i've actually started keeping my beard uh shorter shorter mm-hmm. because of it because one it just looks stupid if you have a big beard and you're and wearing it's a mask poking at, the bottom, yeah, and it's like yeah. poking at the bottom it's like what's going on with that guy's face sort of you know <laughs> so I, i've been keeping it pretty pretty trim mm-hmm and I, I guess the beard is also protecting my face from the oil because it's just going in. I don't know. I haven't had too much issue with it. But I wanted to sort of talk about how we got to the the hookup culture that, that we are in uh, now because it wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's um, kind of interesting, the stuff that I found out, because if you look at the older generations, especially like the baby boomers and beyond, like the silent generation or whatever came before the boomers, Very monogamous, Yeah. very much married at like 18 or 19, (laughs) like my grandparents got married that young, married for life, Uh, divorce rates were much lower, many, many children, way more children than most people have now. Most people are having like one to two to three kids. Yeah. Back then it was like six, seven kids, because you needed like the labor to like work on the farm or whatever. Literally, yeah. Yeah, so... How did we get to this point where we we shifted so rapidly divorce rates are, are higher we're not having as many children which I don't think is, is a bad thing because overpopulation is is becoming a, a problem in America as our life as our average lifespan gets older yeah but you know obviously there's no correct answer about how this shifts happen but there are some opinions of like dating experts that I, that I researched. and you can sort of actually trace this all the way back to the 1920s. Uh, because that was around the first time that young people routinely socialized in mixed-sex groups. Before that you couldn't be like with, if you were a man, you couldn't be like with a woman without like a chaperone in the room. Chaperones were like super common.
1: We wouldn't be doing this then, Yeah, (laughs) the podcast. Yeah, chaperones
0: (laughs) were like extremely common in like Mm -hmm. all sorts of social situations. But this is around the time when college attendance was skyrocketing in the 1920s. More and more people uh, started going to a college, almost all, exclusively young people became more accessible, more affordable, and fraternities started popping up and sort of set the social tone in colleges. Uh, and like we all know how fraternities are portrayed in the media, they have like a negative connotation now i feel like with the sexual assault and all that yeah back then it was like very fun oriented a little bit risky like a lack of respect for for authority yeah yeah. so back then it was actually very common in the 1920s for people to date multiple people in fact having multiple partners was a sign of popularity it wasn't a sign that you were like a a slut or a whore or anything like that you were cool if you if you dated around and dating was very competitive uh, men were always like trying to outdo each other with the woman. They weren't like trying to like fight each other, but they were always like trying to take the girl out on like nicer and nicer dates and have her have like a nicer time with them than they did with the other guy, which sounds great for women. Um, but th- those sort of things, and that was called like playing the field when you did that, mm-hmm. when you just like before you settled down. But then, you know, we hit the Great Depression, we hit World War II, and it becomes the opposite. It's an incredibly tough period in the U.S., uh, well, the world, too, but U.S. specifically. So we shifted away from this, like, playing the field thing to what, what they would call going steady, which was the term, which is fallen out of use pretty hard. Nobody says that anymore. But it was, like, very long-term dating that is, like, serial monogamy, mm-hmm. like uh, very strictly monogamous dating, and very young when they're doing this, too,
1: like high school, right? Yes. Like, so yeah.
0: there's a couple of theories to why like this shift went from like dating around to like you only date this one person for the rest of your life when you're like 16 years old. Um, it's sort of um, one of the most popular theories was all the young men going off to war um, and dying mm-hmm. in war. A lot of times, uh, the men would get very get married very quickly. You still see this with with some people in the army. They will join the army at like 18. And get a wife really quickly before they ship off to war because uh, they kind of want that emotional connection in the face of danger. Um, they want someone to, to think about uh, while they're out on their deployment or whatever. You know, they always have like the locket with the picture of the girl in it and stuff like that.
1: They want someone to write letters to, yeah, you know,
0: until they get that letter that she says, "Hey, I'm cheating. I'm leaving I'm, you I'm for leaving Chad." You. <laughs> yeah, it's for Chad.
1: It's always Chad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So going steady was kind of like pre-marriage in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It was like almost like you were like engaged at 16 and that was the dating pattern starting in the, you know, the forties, the fifties up until around the 1980s was when it started falling out of use, the going steady thing. And if you weren't a serial monogamous, if you weren't someone that was like really down with this dating pattern that everybody was doing, at least in heterosexual relationships, um, it was different in, in the gay community you were socially marginalized. You were basically seen as an outcast. You were seen as, you know, a social reject if you didn't prescribe to this. And this crossed over into media at the time. A lot of popular teen novels of this time period uh, reflected this sort of dating culture. And it's a very uh, routine sexual system that's also very controlling, if you think about it, because if you compare it to like the hookup culture that we have today, because there's very much like a lack of, um, spontaneity. Yeah. It's, um, it's very clear cut. You know, you're getting together at 16, you're going to get married, you're going to become a housewife, you're going to cook and you're going to clean, you're going to pop out some babies, you're going to get the white picket fence, plenty of kids. And Hey, you know that I'm not bashing that. Like some people want that still want that, wanted it back then that's not it's a that's no problem at all but if you wanted something different than that
1: yeah it's also like if you know that you want that you can still like look around before too you know it's not like hey you gotta pick the person at 16 you know like now we're like oh you could like you know mess around with a few people and then like you know 20 you could pick someone or 25 or like whatever like yeah i think there is definitely i don't know i think it 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 leads to boredom yeah and i think that's probably why the divorce rate is pretty high that's
0: why the divorce rate uh goes up because if you don't have any experimentation if you're not experiencing different things that can lead to boredom in the relationship it can lead to cheating it can lead to Mm -hmm. all sorts of of negative things that nobody wants
1: well, I'll I'll share a little anecdote as well because uh, my parents actually met um, via a newspaper ad. My mom really? put out an ad for uh, my dad, basically. She was like, hey, I'm looking for a man. And my dad responded to this newspaper ad. I think he emailed her, maybe, maybe, maybe he called her. And they had that ad framed on their wall. But then they got divorced, so.
0: <laughs> it's really weird because like, your parents are, like, how old are your parents?
1: Um, I think my mom is going to be 50 this year, and my dad is 53. And they were married, like, in 1995, I think. So that's but 25 like, years. To,
0: like, us, like, the idea of, of putting out a newspaper ad to find oh my someone God. almost makes you think of, like, the isn't, 1800s yeah, or something that, like, like that. Yeah, isn't that, w- like,
1: it was almost, like, the equivalent of Tinder, yeah. Like, my mom was like, hey, I'm looking for a man. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, kind of like, you know, I'm looking for someone who likes XXX or not that. I mean, other things, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, um, yeah he was like, you sound like a good girl, you know, like, let's let's go steady or whatever. And mm-hmm. they'd never seen each other. There's no picture in this ad. Like,
0: yeah, imagine
1: answering, like, a Craigslist ad. Like, someone's, like, looking for a man and you just, like, answer it. Like, your parents would be like, don't do that yeah you're gonna get abducted yeah that'd be, that'd be ter- <laughs> nobody would do that anymore. <laughs> at least tinder you can see people's pictures yeah. and or at maybe at least, get at least who they p-
0: are pretending to be yeah <laughs> so uh, just a couple of statistics i found a study in the 1950s found that three-fourths of girls and more than half of boys in like uh, grades 11 and 12 in high school had gone steady many for a year or longer A 1959 Ladies Home Journal article was titled, If You Don't Go Steady, You're Different, which is scary. Oh, my God. Uh, A study in the 1980s of a high school in Connecticut found 81% of girls and almost 70% of boys had gone steady. And in the 1951 Profiles of Youth, uh, they quote a high school principal who says, In this school, a girl either goes steady or she doesn't date at all. And after two or three dates with one boy, she's considered going steady whether she wants to or not.
1: Oh. oh.
0: So you didn't really have a choice yeah. in the matter. Uh, and that's really weird. And going steady often involved, like, the exchange of, like, clothing or jewelry, which would be, like, you would wear it to, like... And that's, like, announcing your... And it's, like, almost like getting an engagement, It's ring. like a promise yeah.
1: object. So
0: it, a lot of times it was, like... Um, Bracelets, or like a lot of times the girl would wear like the guy's class ring, or like his
1: his jacket, his
0: Letterman jacket, mm. or something like that. And it's also really interesting because, as I mentioned before, like before this generation, the generation before that was not monogamous; they dated around. And so the parents of this generation actually sort of disapproved of the whole going steady thing, uh, because the, it was like serial monogamy at such a young age. Because for their generation, they were playing the field, yeah, meeting a lot of different people, having fun experiences. And they believe that uh, such a serious relationship at, at such a young age would actually lead to to more sex than the parents would, would were having when they were like you know dating around because they would be going on like fun dates like going to get, yeah, yeah going on going to like get milkshakes or something not necessarily having sex just like yeah. having fun uh, but when you're dating someone very seriously at like sixteen years old to. yeah that's that's gonna it's gonna move that way in just like a couple months probably. Um, so that led to a lot of more uh, teenage pregnancies. Well, you know, as like well.
1: the pressures of like, okay, who's doing what at prom? Like even that was kind of a a small thing, you know, in my day. but like, I don't know. like i I definitely know, like once you've been dating for x amount of time, like there's an expectation,
0: you know? Yeah, so definitely. like and
1: usually it's way quicker than a year. So like if they're dating for longer than a year, then it's pretty. It's pretty set in stone yeah. almost.
0: I mean, it, it's it's different in high school because um, you outside of high school, like if you're college age or something, you don't necessarily have to be to be dating to, to hook up, but it's much to, to have sex. Yeah. Uh, but in high school, it's, it's much more likely that you're going to have sex with like your first boyfriend or girlfriend before you um, hook up with anyone that you're not in a serious relationship with. And it depends on the the pressure that the guy's putting on the girl, but it can be just like a few weeks mm-hmm. if, if he's being a real asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it does happen fast if you get into like a serious relationship like that compared to like if you were just like seeing a few different boys and just having a good time. And if you ever felt like it was getting too serious, you could just call it off and just not see that boy anymore. Yep. But it's much harder to just like break up with. With your significant other than it is to just stop seeing a boy that you don't have any sort of commitment to, you know, and what you I mean? probably
1: go to the same school; they're probably in all of your classes. Like,
0: yeah, you have to see them for multiple years, maybe. Yeah. So it's tough. You see them at the supermarket, stuff like that. High school sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's. So that was like you know the going steady era. So let's talk about how uh, hookup culture got started. So it started around you know when the going steady thing started to fade. Not to say that it wasn't around in some, in some ways before that, but if you were someone that participated in, in the hookup culture before this time period, you were definitely a so- socially outcast. But starting around the 1960s is when we see the, the sexual liberation movement. It starts to pick up steam. And the sex was moving away from like the idea of it was just a means to an end of reproduction and continuing the family line. And moving towards an emphasis on physical pleasure. And I'm not saying that there weren't cultures before ours that were like that. But I'm just saying in, in America, you know, especially in early American values, uh, very religious. Mm-hmm. We were founded by a lot of like religious um, immigrants that, you know, were fleeing so they could practice the religion. They were fleeing here. Yeah. So a lot of religion, whether you like it or not, w- has been baked into American culture And a lot of those types of religions were always focused on being uh, chaste, only having sex, you know, inside of marriage and stuff like that. So we start to move away from that. And there's a couple of reasons for that. There was a few censorship laws involving sexually explicit content in media that were struck down around this time. So you had like sexual themes started reappearing in like advertising, movies, books, you know, they all started having sex scenes. And there was also a really big growing accessibility to birth control condoms mm. and all sorts of other contraception that started to give people like more more um age- sexual freedom yeah, <laughs> agency over their bodies. yeah. Um, and it was stuff that you didn't really have before if, if you were a, a single man or a single woman. So it contributed to. Their decision making and contributed to their sexual health because before the 1960s it was very difficult for women to get birth control especially if they were unmarried because it was traditional for men and women to not have sex until marriage yeah so if you want so if they wouldn't give it to you because they're like well you're not married you're not supposed to be having sex so you don't need birth control and that puts the woman in in a difficult position because of course men are still going to want to have sex with her but she can't protect herself and and that and that sucks
1: didn't they used to, like, have, like, the husband and the wife go to the appointment together to request birth control? Like, it was yeah. kind of, like, messed up. Yeah, it <laughs> was
0: like you needed an, an escort. You needed proof that you were... Um, in, Consenting like, in, to
1: the birth control and, like, ready to yeah, receive in, it.
0: In a committed relationship and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Can you it,
1: imagine, like, I'm dragging Robbie to Planned Parenthood where, like, mm, I need to get my IUD inserted. I'm like, oh, I'm dying on the table. And he's just like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So also in um, the 1960s is, is when we really start to see the growth of, I'm not like an expert on this topic at yeah. all, obviously, but the growth of like what I would call modern feminism. Uh, it's arguing that, you know, women should have complete control over their own bodies. And also that, you know, at this point, men would always pursue the women. And that sort of shifts We're like, hey, it's okay. Maybe the women can pursue men in some situations too in the same way Uh, that men would traditionally approach women. And there were a lot of efforts made to sort of change the negative attitudes towards women uh, that decided to have sex before marriage. They were trying to reduce the stigma of having premarital sex. And another factor you could argue that leads to sort of um, the growing acceptance of casual sex uh, was a huge rise in the 60s of female student enrollment in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the 60s it wasn't really like that when you get up to the early 70s actually 72 the number of women attending college in the u.s was three times larger than it was in 1960 and that's just 12 years three times the size so with many more women on campus young people who don't have the eyes of their parents on them they're unchaperoned uh young people do what young people do you know so and the women sort of base uh their sexual scripts in college on the men we're talking fraternities are still dominating college at this point and fraternities were and you know still are all about uncommitted sex rather than developing relationships so uh, the women you know they want to have fun too so they start having casual sex just like the men and unfortunately they're judged more harshly for it than than the men are so yeah, that's when we um, start seeing uh, a shift away from the going steady era to the hookup culture. And it's interesting that the different ways in the hookup culture that, that I feel like we are, we're, we're getting to a, a more positive place with it. Yeah. But this is sort of where we get into um, hoe culture a little bit, because um, there are certain gender roles when it comes to the hookup culture that I think are, are pretty pretty negative. And they were definitely there as I was growing up. And I feel like we're, we're becoming more aware of them now. But I would also like to preface this section of my notes by saying that I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I am not a sexual health expert. Neither am I. Um, but these are things that m- my own opinions, but also like stuff that, I've, that I was reading during my research for this episode that experts have said about this topic. Um, so a lot of what, I, what I'm about to say will sound like sweeping uh, generalizations and they kind of are. They kind of are stereotypes, but uh, this is how experts generally see men and women in the hookup culture. It's because we all know that men and women get treated differently, especially when it comes to pursuing uh, romantic and sexual relationships. I think everyone would agree on that. But for men, uh, sex is often characterized as like it's central to the male identity. Uh, men who participate in casual sex a lot are actually sort of encouraged and glorified to do that like they're like it's like awesome it's cool whatever
1: high five bro
0: yeah (laughs) you smashed her cool bro um but often if if women do the same thing as, as that um they are seen as as less than because women in the hookup culture we are in are sort of seen as sexual objects and they're often assumed to be sexually passive i guess is what you would say Mm -hmm. when it comes to men yeah Yeah. submissive um submissive is a good word and oftentimes that can that can lead to women feeling like society is is pushing them to find some sort of commitment or relationship even if that's not necessarily what they want like if if a woman in this in this culture just like let's say she's um out of college like she's like 30 years old, yeah. but she still doesn't want to settle down. She still wants to like, you know, have um, fun encounters with men, maybe some like one night stands or something. She's going to be looked down upon for doing that compared to someone who's like maybe like just freshly 21 in college still. You're you're expected at that point in your li- in your life to to settle down and, you know, quote unquote, stop sleeping around, you know, stop being a slut or whatever. And that's kind of unfair because if a man is isn't is 30 years old out of college and he's doing that, he's still seen as like, hey, that dude fucks, you know? Yeah, he's
1: he's a bachelor, you know? Yeah. And then the girl, people are going to be like, when are you going to have babies? Like, wh- what are you doing with your life? Which I think is just so backwards. Like, nobody ever goes up to a guy and is like, hey, man, when are your swimmers going to stop <laughs> swimming, you know? But like, literally, people will talk about like the fertility of a woman's like, Womb, like they'll be like, Oh, well, you're reaching yeah, like you're drying up, yeah, you're reaching over a certain age. Like, are they gonna stop coming down, you know? And it's just like so backwards,
0: yeah. It's all very much like, When are you gonna have kids? When are you gonna get married? And she
1: doesn't have to have kids and she doesn't have yeah. to get married, where, you know?
0: Where are my grandbabies? I need <laughs> them now, you know, that sort of stuff. And a woman in hookup culture, you know, all the time risks being labeled uh, a slut or a hoe. And while I feel like there have been pretty good efforts to try to like sort of reclaim those words so they're not inherently negative, you see it a lot in especially music, um, where, you know, being called a a hoe now is almost necessarily not even a bad thing. It's kind of like a sign of of an empowered woman. Yeah. I mean, you're a woman. What do you think about that? Yeah,
1: no, I think, you know, (laughs) it's kind of funny to say, but like when a woman calls another woman, like you're like go get that bread like be a hoe like people are like oh yeah hype me up but then if a guy is like oh she's being a hoe like you just immediately know you're like "Mm, i don't know about that like it's okay for myself like i can brand myself as whatever i want to be but when someone implies that they think that i'm doing something like that's overly like you know exotic or we whatever like it's it's kind of interesting like you know, we could take, we could go back to the pole dancing thing. Like I could, I could say like, no, I want to dance like a hoe today, you know? Yeah. Or you put on
0: like a really sexy song to dance to or something like that. And
1: maybe I'm in my sweatpants and I'm dancing, you know, like, or, you know, maybe I'm in a sports bra because really you need that stomach area to like touch the pole and like- like
0: To contact. The contact,
1: yeah. yeah. And usually the outfit is like a sports bra and like shorts, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't pick that outfit. That outfit is just what works for yeah. that kind of dance and like then I post it on Instagram and if someone like I get dms all the time you know they're of creepy they're <laughs> like oh wow dance for me ha 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 you know because guys don't know how to fucking control themselves yeah so um but when I post that and I know like you know that I'm posting that and I'm providing that and that's like me doing what I want and someone has something negative to say about that it's like no 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 that was for me I danced for me yeah. I put that on I for me good yeah yeah and I wanted to do that, you know, like if I wanted to, I could dance to Ed Sheeran on the pole and like maybe wear all like long pants and like a long shirt and just like kind of dance and not even like do tricks and that's
0: And you would still probably get DMs. Yeah. Yeah, people were <laughs> like,
1: Wow, I've never seen Ed Sheeran dance to so centrally before. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> sweatpants or, or whatever.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that's that's the difference. Like when you were talking about um female use of like slut and hoe is very different than the male, um, male use
1: it's usually like a, a positive thing coming from one another unless you know you don't like the girl and you go have your beef and she's like oh she's a how. but usually i feel like we have really kind of moved away from that as women like putting other women down is really yeah, kind of so 2000s you, you like, can
0: think of something else to insult them about rather than like their body count yeah to, you, you know could just I mean? be like she's ugly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so simple it's so she's just really just, ugly just, looking. just
1: fix it <laughs> but like, no i'm kidding <laughs> but
0: there is such a negative connotation with the word uh slut compared to like a man's equivalent of like being called a stud yeah you know, if a man's called a stud it's a positive connotation and if a woman is called a slut it's like inherently negative unless it's like the situation that that you were talking about Mm -hmm. so you usually men will i feel like in in, it, it has gotten better like you said but sometimes women do look down on each other in the hookup culture um if they, if other women like, are, feel like you know this other woman's sleeping around too much, she's a she's a hoe, she's just like. And it, it has gotten better, but men don't really do that. No, like men will uh, only look down upon other men in our hookup culture that that we exist in if if the man is like actually not having sex. Yeah, if he's like abstinent or if he's a a virgin, uh, for, because like for men, a man who cannot get sex is almost seen as inferior. In a lot of ways, even if it's just like a maybe like a religious decision, maybe like a, a health reason, or possibly maybe he's gone through something traumatic that would make him not want to have sex. Yeah, um, there were some surveys that I, that I was reading about this uh, from the men's perspectives that said um, some men said that they they hooked up more to meet peer expectations of them rather than their own desires, which is really messed up when you think about it. Like if you're if you're hooking up to to you know just fit in with social norms and you don't even want to hook up that's pretty sad but also like you know be more confident in yourself (laughs) and like don't let don't let society rule what you want to do if you don't want to hook up don't like i know it's when you like get out of high school and you're like I mean, I've been out of high school for seven years now, and there's like so many things that I wish I could have said to my high school self about confidence Mm -hmm. and about um, not letting other people write your your social script or or not conforming to norms. I don't even feel like I was particularly cliquish or anything in high school. There was definitely people that were worse than me, but it's just like it's such a big problem when you're young. Yeah. And that's right around the time that you you are starting to sexually experiment and stuff and it, it can lead to a, a, a lot of bad stuff. it can lead to trauma it can but like that's why sexual education I think I think is is so important where we have to to, to reach these kids, especially the ones that are they're growing up in in this situation more so than we even did. And you know just just let them know that like it, it's your decision. Yeah. <laughs> like don't let other people mess with you. I feel like they're probably getting better about it. I mean, you have a sister who's a a little bit younger than you. Mm -hmm.
1: She's 18. Yeah. Oh, she's 17. She's about to be 18. And, um, you know, I I worried about that for a while because, you know, my sexual education from my, like, middle school, I only had it in middle school. We didn't really talk about it in high school whatsoever. And my middle school conversation was basically like, here's a pad and here's a tampon and some deodorant. Good luck. Like we did not talk about like penetration, like basically at all. Um, So I think it's so weird to me that like, we don't talk about stuff like that. I know they're high schoolers, but I really think that we need to have a conversation about like, not even pressuring, but just like about like, you know, do what you want. Like, like this is kind of like how to, well, this is how to not have a baby. Like I feel like that's freaking important, but like also about like pressuring each other, you know? Cause I remember when I was in like mm, junior year, my friend and I went to a party and we were like, who's going to hook up with someone first? Like we didn't even care like about who we were hooking up with it yeah. was like the body count. It was like who's gonna hook up with someone first, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of messed up because like we expected from each other that like we wanted to beat each other, you know? Yeah. Um, which maybe was not the most valuable thing, and I wish I didn't, you know, think like that then. Um, but you know, you were young once.
0: Yeah. It. It's. I. I think it. It. It has, like, I mean, I talk to your sister sometimes, and I, I definitely feel like they are, are, are more cognizant yeah. of that. Like, they are, at least from what I can tell, the men, is, I mean, it's so hard to make blanket statements. But, yeah, but the, about 17-year-olds, yeah, yeah. but you know, I know. The men seem, like, more <laughs> re- respectful, at, Absolutely. Least, at least to me. And I'm really fortunate um, in my family. To me, I think what helped me out the most was actually growing up with two sisters, um, especially like I had a younger sister who was, you know, only like, I don't know, she's only like 18 months younger than me. Uh-huh. And then I have the older sister who's four years older than me. And it's, you know, getting to see, um, my older sister especially navigates, um, her relationships and, you know, seeing my younger sister navigate hers. And then also the, the negative stuff that they had to deal with. Yeah. Um, and like the negative parts of, of the relationships that, that they had when we were, when we were young, um. Sort of, and then you know, I just grew up in a female-dominated household, and I was just like seeing how those men in their relationships, how it would affect my sisters, like seeing them cry or or be upset mm-hmm. or, be, or be depressed, like. It, and
1: it, you didn't want to do that. Yeah, I didn't th- want to do that anyone. to anyone. Yeah,
0: and um, because because I love my sisters, and it was just yeah, like I just I I I think the worst men are the ones who don't have sisters or um, like or any children or siblings. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say it's the only children. Um, or
0: if it's just like all men
1: blanket statement really sorry guys I'm sure there's a lot of only child like men out there who are amazing but like it's the ones who really get like spoiled like mama's boys like I (laughs) I don't know I just feel like those are the ones who think that they can just have it handed to them and there's like the expectation that they get what they want you know
0: yeah or if it's like um a family structure that's like all all men yeah all men and it's like very patriarchal like the 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 mother is like um not as big of a figure as as the dad I feel like I've I've seen families like that where the the men especially like when I was going through high school families like that with the the dudes would just be dicks like the richer families
1: where like the dad is the bread bringer and then the mom is like you know the homemaker yeah yeah totally totally agree so of course everyone has amazing families. We love everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so we haven't talked about um sexuality very much yet, but and I, I won't I'm only going to do it briefly uh not because it's any less relevant to this culture, but all, mainly because I am not a gay man and uh I don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about cuz I could just be like oh, I have a lot of gay friends and then just like launch this whole topic talking about it, but I don't really want to do that cuz I don't think it's it serves I think Someone who is gay should do an episode about about that. Yeah,
1: message us. Yeah, <laughs> you can come yeah. to Vermont. Definitely. Quarantine but, travel um, restrictions the apply. St-
0: the stereotype among gay men, just really quickly, in this hookup culture, is that they are they are the most likely to engage in casual sex on a regular basis. Hmm. And I feel like most most people would get that. Um, there's studies that have been done to show that uh, gay men participate in in more frequent casual sex. Uh, on a regular basis than any individuals across all genders, sexes, and orientations, uh, hookup culture is is very prominent in the gay community. And if you are someone that doesn't participate in hookup culture in the in the gay community, especially if you are uh, younger, uh, you're you're sort of um you're ostracized. And what what I read really quick, just really quickly, what I read, like, why that came to be is, all, is kind of had to do with the fact that that um, gay men had to hide for so long. Yeah. They had to hide their relationships, so they could really only ever have flings. Like, they didn't want to be emotionally invested in, in a man, because, like, if that relationship got found out, they could be killed, they could be jailed, mm-hmm. and there's still, unfortunately, parts of the world where it is like that, even parts of the world in America where you could still be assaulted for just being gay. So, It makes sense, but I just wanted to, you know, quickly say that hookup culture is is very prominent in the gay community. But I want, this is probably our biggest section here, uh, is the dating apps. (laughs) Uh, Another way that hookup culture is definitely boomed is just through the progression of technology, specifically dating apps and websites. Although I feel like if you're on a dating website, you're definitely like someone who's like a little bit more serious about um, marriage or like a serious relationship rather than the apps that we're on now like match.com Yeah, match.com I'm not a sponsor even if it's <laughs> if it's one <laughs> that you have to pay for too like that's our automatically like i'm serious about a relationship yeah but everyone knows about like the big ones uh tinder bumble hinge uh grinder if you're gay um you can use them for casual sex or to find some i mean people do use them to find serious relationships i know a lot of people who have been dating for multiple years who met through tinder originally um, but there's, there's ones that are are more focused on one of those options. And so like ones that are more focused on hookups, like Grindr is definitely like a hookup act, hack, act, app, hookup app for gay men. And Tinder is definitely seen it as more, um, hook, hookup for like heterosexual people. And I would say that, uh, bumble is is the one that's like more female oriented so Mm -hmm. i would say that one's more like for serious uh relationships for women
1: are you stereotyping that
0: yes I okay i'm not saying you couldn't hook up with someone on bumble but from like what i've what i've uh seen about it i
1: think um to my experience that i don't have it um (laughs) but i think bumble is like the alternative to like tinder like women just got tired of like getting messaged over and over and over so they were like oh I want to message first. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, i Bumble. It's different. I don't know anything about Hinge, but I've I've heard Hinge is like a little bit more serious.
1: I think it's more of a. I mean, I've seen the commercials. I yeah. think it, they, they want you to like they,
0: their whole thing is we want you to delete our app. Yeah. I like that, um, though. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> that's cool. But like Bumble is, is different because you're right. The the woman has to message first. Yeah. I don't know how it is, works with with a gay relationship, but um
1: <laughs> you both message each yeah, other at the exact in a three, three two time. one draw <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
0: but she she only has 24 hours to message you mm-hmm. if, if it's a match on bumble and if she doesn't then the match just goes away yeah um so it that one is, is very different and s- some people like yeah so yeah there's ones that are more casual uh, sex related there's ones that are more serious relationship related and there's ones that are m- more general you could do both on a lot of them but they're definitely more focused There's a lot of benefits to, you know, the dating apps. You can look for a date or a hookup on your time. You know, it's convenient. Uh, You can reply to messages or swipe on people whenever you're not working or whenever you're bored, which I feel like is when most people use them is when they're bored. And in some ways, it's a lot safer. Uh, You can suss out if someone is a creep or not by talking to them beforehand And, you know, that that might not be 100 percent effective, uh, but most of these dating apps now have other security safety features as well. I had a friend who was telling me about um, Tinder actually lets you now you can tell if you're going on like a Tinder date, you can tell the app like, hey, I am going with this person. Uh, We're going to this place at this time. And if there's like anything that happens wrong, you can just press like a single button on your phone, and it will contact like the police, or it'll call nine one one for you, or let them know that you're you're in trouble. And it, it's kind of nice to see them develop these these safety nets, um, especially for women, because they're the ones who who um, need probably need this more. But so the, it it is safer. And you know, if you are someone using these apps, I would encourage you to like talk to someone for like at least a few days before going on a date with them, um, just so you, I feel like. Multiple days to sort of let you figure out if they're like a psycho or not.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I to go back to the nine one one thing. Um, you know, there's probably a reason that they need that in the app. You know, I'm yeah, not like saying something must have happened. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying every person's bad, but like you know, sometimes I go to shoots with people that sound a little sus, and I I dish out that info, let people know where I'm going. Uh, you know, I know that's not a date, but still, meeting strangers like. This Tinder guy, he could—he's a stranger, you know. Yeah, like,
0: you always want someone to know where you are. Yeah. And I mean, it's it to me. It's like the digital equivalent of like if you go on college. Uh, if if you ever been on a college campus, like almost every college campus has like those emergency phones, those everywhere. blue light things. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just like the digital equivalent of that. And I I think I think it's smart and it, and I think it's necessary. Honestly,
1: share your location with your friends yes. too. I feel like that's that's very efficient. Yes. Oh, but agree. obviously nobody needs this ever because everyone has amazing dates. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: We'll get into that. Oh, God. But uh, another another thing about dating apps, which is funny to me, is they are absolutely stacked with men. There are way more men on dating apps than women. Every single dating app besides Farmers Only. I did the research. Farmers Only is the only dating app that has more women than men. And it was like 40% men, 60% women, which is like a pretty modest ratio compared to all these other ones tinder which uh i think at least in america i don't know about anywhere else it by and large the most popular dating app i would say is tinder um that has a men to woman ratio of almost nine men to one woman that's the ratio (gasps) are you
1: kidding me no that's
0: it and bumble (gasps) while it bumble like we were just talking about how it's very female friendly and very positive bumble's uh ratio is seven men to three women
1: what the heck yeah
0: so it's because of those ratios, it's actually a pretty, uh, this is like, I hope this sounds reassuring to, to, to some of the guys <laughs> out there. It's, it's actually a pretty low match rate. If you're like, just like an average guy, even if you're not necessarily yeah. bad looking men on Tinder have a match rate of just 0.6%, 0.6% oh of the people that you swipe on will match with you. And that's like, if you're like, I would consider myself to be, like, normal. Like a medium. Just, like, me, like, <laughs> me, like, five out of ten guy, like, me over here. But, like, it, I mean, like, it's different if you're, like, a male model or something. Yeah, I mean, like. like, like there's always outliers.
1: I'm sure, like, Brad Pitt is, like, yeah 100%. Well, they, they
0: have one that's, like, for celebrities, too. It's called. What? It's called, um. Ray Raya, Raya or something like that. It's I didn't like, know that. It's for like um
1: cuz they don't want to get matched with those like yeah. plebs. <laughs> so like I think like
0: celebrities can sign up for it for free, but if like it's one that you have to pay for. So it's like wait. more it's like more exclusivity or whatever.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So the celebrities can the people with the money can yeah. sign up for free and then if you think you have enough money to pay for the service, you might be matched with a celebrity?
0: Yeah, but you I mean you get matched with and it's like, you know, it could, there's not like, like that many A-list celebrities okay, on there. okay. but there's a lot of like, you know, it might be like a famous writer or like someone who's like famous or like famous adjacent.
1: I wonder like if they send you an invite in the mail and you're like, oh my yeah. God, I'm famous enough to be, but not famous enough enough. They, I'm a medium famous.
0: Yeah. They actually try, like they'll, they'll try to find like eligible bachelors who are, who are single and try to recruit them, especially men, try yeah. to recruit them to go on their app so that wow. they can get more sales.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. So they can say, like, oh, my God, you can match with someone famous.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they just go on there to, like, just for, like, the opportunity. Like, I saw um, Trevor Noah, who does, like, The Daily Show. Yeah. He was on that app, and the girls were freaking out about it. I don't know. But so I... I talking about this little match rate, I read this one article, I think it was on, on Vice, where a guy recorded a month's use of his Tinder. So every... Like he recorded like what happened with every single person that he he swiped on, so in a whole month, and I saw a picture of him. He looks like pretty average Joe looking. He got fifty three matches, twelve of those matches ghosted on him, uh, thirty eight of them gave him sort of some sort of excuse because he's trying to set up a date, like yeah. some sort of excuse like I'm too I'm far, busy. I'm too far from you, I'm out of town, don't know when I'll be free. Uh, he set up a date with nine of those fifty three matches. Okay, of those nine. Dates two of them canceled, three of them stood him up, and so out of fifty three matches he got actually four dates, which
1: that's a lot of time. Is, uh, yeah,
0: I mean it is a lot of time, but uh, which sounds to me from from what I've heard to not actually be that bad. Four dates is actually like pretty good for yeah. fifty three matches. Yeah. Um, but it is very different for for women. Like a woman, you um first off, uh, you can be highly selective on a dating app if you're a woman. Uh, because there are so many men. Like there are so many options for for women. And so women on dating apps uh, tend to be much more pickier than men. I know some men that will literally open up the dating app and just swipe and right swipe on, on everybody. Yeah. Until they run out of likes and just do it again. Because yeah. they don't care. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> um, but so that's led to uh, women being a little bit more selective. And it also has led to most individual men having numbers like that you know 53 matches with only four dates so men do have to work a lot harder on dating apps and it sort of brings us back to like the 1920s when you know when i was talking about playing the field and the the men having to compete with each other for the attention of the woman
1: Mm -hmm. do you think it's just luck i I mean it
0: it almost all these apps are location based so I, i i guess you could argue it's it's luck but tinder uh has like you can pay for tinder and it like will make your profile appear more often so it's almost what? like pay to win which is like a game a gaming term but like yeah you can pay like i think the the biggest subscription to tinder is like 15 bucks a month where it's like called tinder gold and
1: don't you not run out of swipes you or don't something? run out of swipe.
0: well i mean women don't uh I think it, the running out of swipes thing is like just like a man, a men thing, what? but I'm not hundred percent sure. That's but crazy. like Tinder gold is like your profile will show up more. You get like, you can see when other people have swiped right on you already. So you can see like, if I swiped right on this, it would be a match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you can avoid people or like, I don't know. It's like a nice thing to know. And you get like this boost that makes your profile, like the number one profile in the area for like. Thirty minutes or, or something like that. So if you're someone who's like very serious about hooking up, uh, you would you pay for like Tinder Gold if you're like a serial like quote unquote stud who's like trying to you know.
1: So wait, do, would I know if someone had Tinder Gold? No, it's okay. not, it,
0: and I, they do that on purpose. Yeah, because it's I would kind be of like, like what a like, freaking kind of psycho. Yeah. So that you don't, it's I think it's impossible to tell if someone's paying for it, and you can also um like as Tinder's location based. But with Tinder Gold, you can swipe in not your location. You could just like go to like from like let's say we're in Vermont right now. You could like make your app your your profile appear in like Spain or something like that, and swipe on like other people. Which I never really understood the point of it because it's not like you're ever going to meet those people. It's
1: like sexting
0: But I guess it's like um, from across the country yeah, if, you're like, if you're like bored or, or something that's mega like that. bored honestly yeah.
1: <laughs> No, it's like 2 a.m. So you're like, oh, let me go to a time zone where people are like kind of awake. Yeah
0: <laughs> and, and there's just some people that are on dating apps just for the ego boost to you know, make themselves feel good Like oh, I matched with this guy and he was cute. That makes me feel good about myself, you know and then they won't actually message the people they match with. Like that's, there's some people that just use it for that, just like for the ego boost. Um, or they don't, like, don't have any plans to meet up. Maybe they'll chat. But they're like, I'm not actually going to hook up with you, but like talking's like kind of fun or it's leaving my boredom or some, something like that. And, you know, there are people who create fake profiles, uh, pretending to be other people or use older pictures of themselves. Like maybe that's not necessarily what if it's like someone who's like, gained a lot of weight, but they're using older pictures where they're still thin or something like that. Um, and, and it's definitely not always an honest platform. So that's why we were talking about safety, stuff like that. So that, that's sort of the, the state of, of hookup culture that, that we're in now. So I thought we would end this episode with something fun, Maddie. Yeah. So I reached out to uh, some friends of the show <laughs> and some listeners of the show. And it was uh, it was only women. <laughs> to get Heck some yes. to get some bad hookup <laughs> stories from the audience and some of these
1: <laughs> some of these
0: are really good uh good in a bad way for y- the most part. Yeah. but I guess a bad hookup is is kind of like a it's like a life lesson it uh, really is it, you it, know it tells you what you don't ever want to have again
1: it's, yes. it's like
0: a bad job you know you like work at McDonald's when you're like 16 you're like man this sucks but now I know that like I'm gonna go to college or like you know, pursue a career so I don't have to work here for the rest of my life kind of deal.
1: Yeah, Dead serious. No, I'm, I'm, you shouldn't regret any of the things that you've ever done. I think you should just think of them as life lessons.
0: Yeah. It helps you sleep at night, at least. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's dive in. I have 11 different stories. You haven't seen any of these. Some of them are longer than others, but I'll just get your reaction to them as I read okay. them off. All right. So I'm going to be re- reading from the perspective of like the person who sent me. This yeah. One. So, Okay, first one, I hooked up with a guy who lied about being an only child the whole time we spoke, and then on the first date, he told me his sister drowned in the family pool when she was three, and it ripped apart his whole family and drove his parents to cheating and divorce. That's the first date.
1: Do you think that's just a sob story?
0: Like, I don't know. Like, do you think that it's like a it's like a play to like try to get the girl to be sympathetic to oh, sleeping don't, with him? Yeah, you don't you
1: don't lie about a three year old drowning. I feel like unless you're a psychopath.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's the first. Oh god, first one. The second one. Uh, this dude I brought home got too high, fell asleep on my couch for three hours, asked asked me for socks and a blanket, <laughs> and then asked if I had any specifically if I had any chicken cutlets <laughs> like, that I could cook for him. Chicken
1: breasts? He, you, He's probably like a power lifter. He's like, oh, I got to eat clean.
0: Yeah. that one. And then this one's really short. I hooked up with a guy who told me he has a dinosaur in his pants. That's some bad sexting right there. Oh,
1: my God. But she did it.
0: Yeah, she you did know? it. I
1: don't
0: know. This next one, uh, I hooked up with a guy who told me he could only love a Latin woman <gasps> while I was naked on his bed, and I am not Latin. Oh,
1: no.
0: Some people are just really stupid. Yeah.
1: Sometimes boys say really stupid things. And girls do too, but you know.
0: I feel I feel like it's always almost always worse with the men. Yeah. This next one, I went to my first house party, completely unfurnished house, nothing to drink. I took a dude's virginity on a dirty carpet and got (laughs) rug burn.
1: Oh, (laughs) Oh god that had to have hurt yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah
0: rub some lotion on that one uh, another quick one i got naked in front of him and his nose started bleeding immediately what? yeah apparently that's a thing for some people
1: like like the blood flow issue yeah
0: i mean we just watched
1: we w- just watched some power lifting actually which yeah
0: it was actually interesting but there was one guy who every time he lifted and they're lifting like a, a thousand pounds or whatever but this every time this guy's nose just started bleeding like yeah. gushing blood and that's because of the pressure i guess
1: like michelle Chevlikov eh. or something yeah. like that I, I I'm very russian I i'm know. so sorry <laughs> i don't
0: know the situation with how it happens from sex but that's really weird
1: it you know that like half a cup of blood that goes down there just drains it out of his. it's got to come out so i don't yeah. know you <laughs> think it would be the opposite like that he'd pass out but yeah
0: maybe that's interesting All right so number seven one time I was seeing this guy who could only get off if I wore my pants at my knees and flexed my butt. <laughs> and if that didn't work, he'd ask me to pee and I continued to date him for three years. <gasps>
1: oh my God. No. <laughs> that poor girl. Uh, yeah, oh, That was a girl. Yeah. It was a girl, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Wow.
0: Yeah. So we got a, a couple left. These are, these last ones are really good. And, uh, They are all from the same person. I'm not going to say who it's from, but they're all from the same person, and this girl's had a wild sex life. So the first one, one guy gave me a black eye during sex with his elbow, then told everyone the next day I had done it to myself by hitting myself in the eye with a bong. no. He's a Marine now. (laughs) All right, next one.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: A guy spent the night with me at a friend's house while I was dog-sitting. We passed out on the couch, and unbeknownst to me, he pissed himself during the night. My friends came home early and walked in on us naked on the couch, so they're staying at the friend's house. Yeah. He immediately left, and I went to work still drunk. Got a text from one of our friends an hour later asking about a smelly wet spot on the couch. Long story short, I paid $1,000 for them to get a new couch. They took my money, kept the same couch. What? And the dude stopped talking to me. Oh
1: <gasps> No, wait, that's effed up dude yes. wait okay what kind of friends are oh my god yeah
0: i don't know if they're still friends with this person I or would, not but i probably wouldn't i i mean it a thousand dollars is a lot to give someone just for a peace stain, though
1: okay i just want to let you know that one time my mom's puppy was over we were puppy sitting and it peed on my couch and i was able to deep clean that with like a 50 dollar like cleaner yeah like
0: (laughs) like you could offer to like clean it for them yeah totally like go buy the equipment or whatever but like a thousand dollars and also
1: like sean if you peed on my couch i would not make you buy me a new couch that's Mm. freaking rude turn that pillow over or something like i don't know i hope i hope
0: she's not friends with these people anymore i don't know though (laughs) okay so number 10 this guy I thought I was actually going to date was over hooking up with me after he had been out at the bar across the street from my house. I, he told me I was the best he's ever had at least a mm. 100 times while we were hooking up. He got a text in the middle of sex, kept texting while I was literally on top of him. Oh. Then he got really weird all of a sudden and left. I found out a week later on Facebook that he started a relationship with a new girl. A year after that, he came up to me at the bar, wasted, said I was still the best he's ever had, but that night, his now-girlfriend was blowing up his phone, demanding that he define their relationship right then and there while I was on top of him. (gasps) So that's why he left in the middle of sex, and apparently he called the other girl while he was standing in my yard and asked her to be his girlfriend.
1: Oh <gasps> no.
0: It's been almost 4 years and they're still dating.
1: <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> Can
0: you imagine that happening?
1: Um that is actually insane. Poor poor everyone. I feel like do you do you think he told the other girl like oh yeah, man. No, I'm I so I feel like I, I feel deep. like he
0: didn't. I oh. feel like she had no idea that that happened. I feel like she was probably fed up with him, probably for a good reason. And like she, she sent him an ultimatum and you know, the people say you shouldn't give ultimatums in relationships, but I mean, they're not even in a relationship. She's just kind of like, I need to know if I want to move on or not. Yeah. And she thinks, you know, he's not, you know, having sex with another girl right at that moment. Literally at
1: the actual second. Oh my God. Well, people who just look at their phone anyways, like during sex, like what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Be in the moment. Yeah.
1: Turn it off. Silent mode.
0: For sure. All right. So last one. I hooked up with this guy in my garage because I didn't want him to come inside my house. It's a little weird. Uh, We fucked in the garage, and then I made him leave. The next day, my friend asked if her and I had taken any cute pics the previous night. I gave her my phone to look through, and she found a video in my phone. Thinking it was a fun drunk video of us two we had taken, she started playing it. Turns out the dude had taken a video of him and I fucking in the garage on my phone. Mm. A secret sex tape without my knowledge, but he did it on my phone.
1: Um, excuse me? <laughs> Isn't
0: that so weird? I mean, maybe he was like, I don't know if he was like drunk or what, like, why would you do that? Because the person's just going to find it and know that you videoed them without their knowledge. Um,
1: okay. My bet is that he thought it was his phone and you know how you can just swipe up on the camera on people's phones like you don't have to unlock most phones to take pictures and videos i'm pretty sure he thought he was doing that on his
0: but like i feel like that's not okay if i if i don't do that yeah don't don't ever video (laughs) someone without their consent but um i feel like at least with me like if i pick up someone else's phone and just like holding it in my hand i immediately know it's not my phone yeah but this guy was obviously not very smart yeah um
1: well obviously because they were in the garage and not in a bed yeah (laughs) I, I don't know. Well, about you the know, or thing. any. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever. Maybe she meant that, like, she knew there was not going to be, like, a second go around. So she was like, whatever, the garage is fine. Yeah, maybe. Like, we can't even be bothered to, like, give him a glass of water. Like, no hospitality here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so
0: those last four are from the same person. And uh, I'm happy to say that she's a, in, a, in a much better relationship now. So, Thank good, God. Good for her. And uh, I'm proud of her for getting past all these horrible horrible stories all right so i guess that that about does it for the show today yeah. maddie yeah. the wydk pod on spotify and google podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts new episodes come out every monday you can follow the instagram at wydk pod for the latest on the show you can check out the logo it's that me maddie huh? made and uh madison mcmahon thank you for joining me today thank
1: you so much for having me i hope
0: you learned something about yourself and people other i people. hope
1: i hope everyone learns something you know
0: so you are a great wedding photographer mm-hmm. in the vermont vermont
1: northeast, northeast region i travel Do you want to you plug know.
0: your instagram yeah
1: sure it's madison and studio a-n-n-e and uh yeah i also have tiktok but maybe we should do that. <laughs> Look,
0: I mean, you can plug it if you want. I really don't care. <laughs>
1: my uh, my Instagram for the fitness and my TikTok is both Maddie, M-A-D-D-I, gains G-A-I-N-S.
0: If you want to see a strong, buff <laughs> girl, go on a pole and... Um, <laughs> really really want jim shark to sponsor her oh, okay listen
1: jim <laughs> shark if you're listening to this please sponsor me i yeah. mean what i don't know
0: <laughs> and then um you make logos too do you want to plug the lo- i mean you do like so much do you want to plug the logo one
1: <laughs> yeah it's madison and design it's like the same one as yeah. the studio go look yeah. at
0: if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you want a logo made definitely check out that
1: one yeah if you're thinking about starting a podcast you should just email us i can just do everything for yes, you yes
0: she <laughs> she'll yeah she's great
1: you can even come to vermont and and podcast from my my dining room table
0: <laughs> i hope nobody takes you up on that all right so i'll put those in the in the bio in the episode description as well so I, that about does it next week's episode i, I should be back home And uh, probably with Sarah, which would actually be nice because I haven't talked to her (laughs) in like a a week, I feel like. I haven't seen Sarah in in a while. So we'll see how she's doing. And uh, I'll see you then. Peace out, Girl Scout.
1: Bye.